1: What up, party people? This is the one and only ad-lover. It's time for another episode of Kill It Sad. First and foremost, Tekashi69 was somewhere in Florida in the L.A. fitness. And uh, some dudes jumped him and whooped his ass. Take a picture.
0: Hey. Take a picture.
1: I want to be famous now, nigga. Come on, son. Let me tell y'all what I think about that. Tekashi69, for all of the fanfare, for all of the stuff, for all of the music that you was making, you're right. It ain't no two ways about that, dude. You are a rat. And let me tell y'all.
0: Come on, son.
1: Honestly, because when you get into the game and you are part of it and you're benefiting off of it, if you get busted, the way I grew up was you keep your mouth shut. If you don't want to be a rat, then don't run around. You're Sammy Gravano. Come on, son. You're all of those people that took the stand against R. Kelly come on son you are right bro ain't no two ways about it and now, on the other hand the other way i felt about it was the dude that allegedly jumped him is the dude that just came home from an eight year bid and you put that on video you come on son you got to be some kind of stupid son stupid. why would you put that shit on video
0: you just jump 69 bro Yo, homie, I'm a, yo. I'm not gonna lie, bro. I'm a fan, bro. Yo, I'm a fan. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, bro. I know, but y'all niggas jumpy, nigga. I know, I know, I ain't jumping, bro. I'm just <laughs> saying. That's <laughs> crazy.
1: That's crazy. Why? Why would you do it? And what props do grown men get off on jumping, little ass Takashi six nine? He looked like a pack a pack of bubble gum, like some wacky wafers or some. Starburst Fruit Truths, one of y'all couldn't beat up Takashi 6ix9ine? Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. And speaking of bullshit, what's going on in spring break in Miami? I just run. run. Run, 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 Oh,
0: my God, no. Stop.
1: Why y'all whining like that? What is wrong with y'all? 12 o'clock curfew on spring break on Ocean and Collins? Come on, son. Y'all little motherfuckers need to calm down and learn how to enjoy yourself. You should've just went on about some pussy. (laughs) Learn how to gawk like we did. Come on, son. I get you anything? Yes, I would like some of that ass. (laughs) Two people got killed down there at that spring break, and one dude did it on videotape, and they got him. One of them Travante, Vante name niggas. He's one of them. One of them that be on the first forty-eight all the time with them nanante names. Come on, son. You're going to jail for the rest of your life, fam. Just stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Nothing but plain old stupid. with <laughs> your dumb ass. And speaking of stupid. <laughs> Come on, son. Did y'all hear about what happened to my man Shaq? Well, Shaq posted a picture of himself in the hospital bed, and everybody got scared, including me when I first heard about it. I was scared to death thinking that something happened to Shaq, because I'm going to tell y'all why. I realized the other day that Shaq had a birthday. Shaq is 51 years old. I met Shaq on your TV. Raps. Shaq was 20. I've known Shaq for 31 years, y'all. 31 years. When I saw that Shaq was in the hospital, I got upset. I was like, please God, don't let nothing happen to the big Diesel, the big Aristotle, the big TNT, the big commercial, the big Papa John's pizza. The big general insurance Y'all know what I'm talking about Shagadoshis Come on son, Shaq was a foosh naked Check this out What's up doc, can we rock? What's up doc, I'm the hooper, hooper viper, viper Protected by viper When I'm out the hooping, yo, you better decipher In other words, you
0: better make a broken decision Cause I'm gonna be a shack knife and cut you with precision Forget Tony Danza, I'm the boss When it comes to money, I'm like Dick the boss Now who's the first pick me, bro this morning, morning. Not a Christian Leighton
1: Come on, son. Y'all didn't know that, did you? And then when I saw that he was okay because he just had hip surgery, I said to myself, where the fuck did they find a bed to fit Shaq? (laughs) You a big
0: motherfucker.
1: Come on, son. Shaq is a big motherfucker, man. You gotta find a hospital bed for Shaq. He can't fit in no regular ass hospital bed. Where well, they got a custom built Shaquille O'Neal wing on that spot where they got just big beds for like him and other people. Come on. Uh, and speaking of big people, we just lost Willis Reed, captain of the New York Knicks. Willis Reed gave pride to New York City basketball, a city that's known for basketball. We're not really known that much for for uh, college football or anything like that. But we had the Knicks, and when they won, it was on the back of Willis Reed, Clyde Frazier, and the rest of them cats. The only championships the the Knicks won is in 70 and 73, and Willis Reed passed away at the age of 80. I met Willis Reed several times with a great and humble man. Rest in peace, captain. You will surely be missed in NBA history and in New York City basketball history. I'm Ed Lover. This is Killer said I approve this message. Now let's get to the show. Come on, son. son, son <laughs> side, 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 side. <laughs> yells on the track. Come on, son. Come on, son. What up, y'all? This is That Lover. Welcome to Come On, Son. The podcast, yes, I am viral. You goddamn right I'm viral. Everybody else is viral. Why shouldn't I go viral? Why should I be the only one that ain't going viral? And a lot of y'all that's viral, I'm going to say this straight out because I'm going to tell y'all something. Y'all know what Come On, Son is, right? And Y'all know what Come On, Son, the podcast. I don't hold my tongue or nothing. I'm not in this shit to make friends. A lot of y'all content is fucking trash. OK, if your content is trash, get the fuck off the Internet and let's make room for motherfuckers like me that got good content. Now, I am not the kind of person. If you listen to my podcast, you know, that I always say oversaw by the one and only Combat Jack because Combat Jack is the one that put me on the podcast in, in the first place. And you also know that every time I do a podcast, I don't always have a guest. See, I'm not one of them guest-thirsty motherfuckers that have guests just to be having guests. I have guests that make sense to me, guests that I like, and guests that I think are interesting, and guests that I think need to get props, and guests who y'all should know. Because sometimes, if you listen to my old ass, and you watch my old ass, your young ass might learn something. Okay? So today is going to be a teachable moment. I am going to introduce to you right now another friend of mine, because I told you I don't fuck with people I don't like. OK, that has been in the music business for so long, that has such a wealth of knowledge to give to you. This man was managing Outkast when they won. Am I I'm saying this right? Because he's sitting right there. Was that album of the year? Yes. Album of the year. Yes. No other rap artist has ever won album of the year. This is the man that was in the helm behind him that gave that push, that made that happen. CeeLo Green, a lot of other shit from Def Jam, everywhere else, Good friend of mine, y'all. Welcome, Mr. Michael Blue Williams. Give it up for him, y'all. Give it Damn up, peanut gallery. What the fuck are you at, Dan Tan? What the fuck is wrong with you? You from the Bronx? Come on, like BX, you. yo. Bastard. Thank you, thank there you. Go. There you go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There you go. BX yes. is in the building. Thank what up, put up, sir?
0: This is my guy, y'all. Yes, yes. this is my guy. We go so back, back. Uh, it's the
1: yes. 50th anniversary. Are we saying that right? Anniversary or we said birthday? What? But it be? exactly,
0: it's a birthday. But it's a birthday, right? Yeah, but it's gonna get treated like it's the anniversary of the beginning. Like anniversary is is different than your birthday. You, the anniversary is the is the when you're your celebrating it when it happens. Right. Your
1: anniversary is like you trying to, you know, you trying to chill. Like and you've been with your wife for a long time. You're not really trying to get no pussy on the anniversary. Yeah. Not, not all the time. Yeah. But on your birthday, you want some pussy. Yeah. So should hip hop be fucking or should what should be doing? It's hip hop, it's natural that it we'll would be fucking. This so they should get does. some pussy for Definitely their 50th should.
0: birthday. Makes sense to me.
1: No, so, but I don't understand why people saying anniversary. Bro, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Dude from the Bronx, mm-hmm. the fuck was you doing before you got into hip hop?
0: Oh uh, man, I went to Kennedy High School in the Bronx. Okay. Um, and then I. Dan, left, you didn't uh, go to
1: Kennedy, did you? No, no, we snapped. Oh, that was yeah. There was, smacked
0: them around. That <laughs> was a regular occurrence. <laughs> okay. Regular, right. occurrence. regular, yes. regular occurrence. Back to where we're at. So you went to Kennedy. Uh, went to Kennedy. Left Kennedy. Went to college in Ohio. Went to uh, an HBCU, Central State University. Okay. Um, went out there. No real ideas. Wasn't even thinking about the music industry. I think I was going to do. I was thinking about being like a, a FBI agent or a judge or something like that. I was trying to get something cool. Okay. Um, and while I was there. Like my senior year, Jodeci had just went on their promo tour, and they came through like near my school for like a, a show. And their dancers were cheerleaders at my high school. They used to be my cheerleaders when I played ball in high school. They were okay. cheerleaders. So they came through. And Why are you at gonna the skip show? over
1: the part that you played ball in high school,
0: though? Man, I mean, I, mean I, I played ball in high school, and you know, I just kind of any aspirations skip over part. to go pro. Nah, I don't think so. I was—I think in my head I always felt like I was good enough to play on a bunch of levels. But back then, if you didn't go pro, you had to go overseas. And right. you remember that, back overseas, remember Conrad McCray would go Yeah, away? absolutely. Like, people would just disappear. Just, right, they Walter Berry, her. Walter yeah, Berry you were like, overseas. where are these people at? You didn't hear from them? Put
1: my sneakers down, y'all. Know it's that.
0: different now, the internet, everything. is like, yo, you forget the phone and you can FaceTime them. It's different. Right. But back then, it just seemed really far away. Like. So okay. I think I just... Gave up the aspirations to start trying I think Fredo. all of
1: us that played a little hoop, like even if we played on our block, if we played block against block, I think we all had aspirations. Of, yeah. of going pro. Yeah. You want me to tell you who fucked my aspirations up for going pro? <laughs> fucked up, yeah. Magic Johnson. Fuck ma- Magic. I want you on the show, but you fucked up my aspirations of going pro because you were 6'8". Before Magic Johnson, we had like Spud Webb, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Bold, yeah. Little
0: Bowles, uh, what
1: was his name, yeah, six Calvin, 6'2", 6'3", Mark Jackson was only 6'3". Mark three. Jackson. Yeah, it was Mark Jackson's the boss
0: I asked, though. Mark Jackson was, me. He yeah. was the problem. Kenny Smith, what? Kenny, 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: yeah, but I still, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm in I'm that right. space. I could be on the bench something, here comes fucking Magic Johnson, shit on a string, oh, this nigga, do, do, do. it's like I'll never make it Ain't nobody gonna see that. Nah, yeah. I gotta get this hip-hop Nah. Shit. So you in college, Joe to see the
0: dancers. Yeah, we, we meet up, I hang out with them after the show. You fuck one of the dancers though, didn't? Nah, 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 Those, they <laughs> went to high school together, they my people's, nah, we- I went right to <laughs> yeah, the then Yeah, he was like, no, 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 but <laughs> I, went with them, I went with them to a show. And I, I hung with them for a weekend. I kind of got in my car and just drove with them. With Jodeci? For, yeah, like they no, they was on the bus, but I like followed them in my car to like Detroit and then Chicago. I was just like hanging out because we okay. they were cool. And I got that bug, that that industry bug, man. It was like the backstage. It was cool. It was, you know, with Jodeci, it was like,
1: laminates, laminates. Now is this Jodeci Jodeci or this just starting Jodeci? Which this Jodeci? Is just starting.
0: This is this forever my lady. My lady? Yeah, okay. this is still forever the my lady Jodeci. <laughs> Yeah, right after okay. what, what was the Up Temple? Right. Oh my God! I get, yeah. So it was for right. my lady, and it's the promo tour. So they out doing shows and connecting it, and I got a chance to hang, met my man Charlucci, and was like, "Shout
1: out Charlucci,
0: old I gotta Luch, get him Luch. on the show too." Yes, Luch, Now Lucci got stories. L. yeah, he and got, he got stories. stories, and he got the memory for it. Um, then after that, they left. I went back to school, but I kept thinking about the road. I called Charlucci. Yo, what y'all doing? What's up with it? And one day he called me. He was like, "Yo." We just got booked on MC Hammer tour. It's us, boys, the Men and Hammer. We're going out for like nine months. You wanna go? And I was like, and do what? He was like, I don't know, we'll figure it out. Just come on out. And I was like- No man. dough involved yet. No dough involved yet. Just did I want to rock. Right. Like, and I was like, yeah, what, what, like, how do we do it, what the deal was. They was like, yo, we're gonna be in Knoxville, Tennessee to start the tour off and go. So I was in Ohio in college. So I drove down to Knoxville with Frank Nitty. You know my man, Frank Nitty? Yes. Frank was my roommate. Drove down Knoxville, showed up. Lucy was like, "All right." They let me get on the bus. Frank took my car back, and I spent the next nine months on the road with Jody. And that's how my career started. Doing what, though? I started as think? roadie. Did you get a per diem? Was- yeah, so? So at first it was. How's you? At eating, first huh? I was. It was per diem, and I did everything. I like. I took everything off the bus. I was the roadie. Okay. I was. The, I was roadie. So every job that nobody wanted, I had to get. Um, then we got into, a, like, this little altercation in Louisville. I kind of threw this kid through a window in the mall. You kind of
1: threw a kid through the window in the mall. Yeah, it was kind of like now, a mix-up. Now, if there's up. no statute of limitations on this right now, you know you go ahead and tell a story. <laughs> so, I don't want you to say nothing that might incriminate
0: you. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, this, this is 20, 30 years ago. Well then tell a story, fam. What happened? So we go to the mall. Me, Devontae, my man, Anthony Pitts. Anthony Pitts used to be Mike Tyson's bodyguard. Yes, I know Shout, Shout out Pitts. That's my yeah, man, Pitts. So we hit the mall. Devante, us, we walking through the mall. Devontae spots some cats selling bootleg shirts, Josie shirts. Right. He steps to them. Yo, y'all selling shirts? That's our money, blah, blah, blah. Next thing I know, slap, slap, there's a mix up with somebody comes, runs at me. I grab him, swing him, and push him. He goes through the window. Devontae loses his mind. Now we running out the mall, getting back, because we like, oh shit, what's going right. on? We get back to the hotel. Deon lost his mind. He was like, yo, you're security now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you went from roadie to throwing some cat through a window and becoming security of a shoe store? What kind of store? store, actually. Dr. J's? No, I don't remember. It was something <laughs> in Louisville. Who knows? City Limits are <laughs> probably something like that. Right? City Limits. One <laughs> we like that. Dang, yeah. Through the and window. That was it. And they hid me the rest of the night on the bus because they weren't sure if the cops were going to come looking. Right. And stuff. So, I stayed on the bus that night. And when he came on the bus, he was like, yo, you security now. you still a roadie but your security. Your roadie slash security. Security. Is there and more money in roadie slash security? Okay. So, there, so now I'm at okay. $400 a week. Oh, wow. And I'm this was 91. Plus, this is 92. And they buy,
1: you got to, they give and you a hotel
0: room. And I got my room. I'm on right. the bus. This is going to You did You have a bunk
1: with nobody, did you? No, 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 no. I ain't in the
0: bunk with nobody. You right? had a bunk on the bus? Yeah. I had a bunk oh, and everything. You chilling right now, I, dude? I, that's it. Was the time of my life. This is my introduction to the music industry. So after that, did you just say fuck school? Like, yeah, I was like, I, my, I remember I told my mother I was doing it, and my mom's, you know, lost my it. Did she? She you know my mom's a principal in the Bronx twenty years. Oh, she's a professor at Medgar Evers Education. She's, yeah. Oh no, nah, she's Dr. Williams is a name. Right. Oh, you going what with who? You leaving school? Like she? No, nah, she wasn't. Um, God bless my grandmother. Rest in peace. I called her and asked her what she thought. And she said, Your mother's already lived her life. You got to live yours. Go and take a chance. And right. you can always fall back into college. And that was all I needed. You know, all you need is one yes. You actually yeah, your all you daddy, need grandma. Oh, you need is one yes. Because you?
1: you know, she circumvent moms any day. Yeah,
0: she's going to block she, you. Right, exactly. So she, you
1: know, mom's going to say one thing. Grandma's going to be like, Shut up. I gave birth to you. And now. What boom. is you talking about? Yeah,
0: right. Everybody's OK. Okay, so how long? You was out for well, nine months? That's almost the a Hammer, whole year, bro. Yeah, the voice the Man, Hammer, jody tour Who's was like nine in months. Who was headlining that tour? Hammer. Hammer was? Hammer, had a, Hammer, Hammer taught me what real work the in this business looks like. And how Hammer so? Man, Hammer was like six nights a week. Hammer would be out there. Hammer didn't leave no money on the table. I remember, first of all, coming from New York and the Bronx and even going to school in Ohio, I didn't have a sense of depth of how big Texas is. Right. Like, Texas is a big motherfucking state, And It ain't just
1: Houston or Dallas no. or San Antonio. We did
0: Tyler, Lubbock, Beaumont, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, Austin. Like, we did seven shows in one state. I was blown. I didn't realize that's I didn't know how big the state was. <laughs> right. But Hammond didn't leave no money on the table. And, and every night he gave, well, we were in New Mexico or we were in fucking Minneapolis or we were in L.A. Hammer gave his fans... A full show every night. Him Never took team, a night off. Him and his, his dancers—they went full speed every night. And KFC was sponsoring the tour, so on top of the premium and the four hundred dollars, I was getting free chicken every night nice. at the menu. Nice. Dress room chicken every night, everywhere. Every we had chicken KFC on the bus. had y'all just flooded uh, with We chicken. just yeah, we just. So what was chicken? the order
1: of the show back in them days? Was it it was Jodeci, then Boys the Men, then Hammer? It was... Did, did they bring other people it, in? It, like?
0: it started... There, so opening was... Um, what was Hammer's group out of... Town Oak Town 357. Old Town 357. Yeah. So they, they started... Like it, yeah, they know? was nice. They opened. Well, Hammer had them on lock. Y'all couldn't get... I, I mean, you know, Hammer had 115 people out there. 20 of them were security. Wow. Hammer, Hammer took everybody in the road.
1: So he made... But he made sure that the girls was good. Y'all couldn't just like... Yeah,
0: he wasn't Yeah, And so his dancers and them and all them... If they got caught fraternizing with us, they get fined and stuff and get in trouble or get Okay. get sent home. Nice, so tight like, ship. Yeah, he's trying to keep everybody. I know y'all was on that. Because, you market. know, it was it was, it was, it was wolves yeah, the three,
1: on five, that. Sevens. Yeah, 357s, yeah. All wolves. of us wanted y'all. We all wanted to fuck one of y'all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I ain't, I ain't going to lie to you. I ain't
1: going to hold you. We was all trying to trying to fuck one of y'all. Somebody.
0: So we we out. It was whoever opened, Oaktown Oak 357. On that same tour, towards the end, TLC became the opener. Ain't Too Proud to Beg just dropped. Okay, yeah. And so they became the opener, um, but it was Jodeci, then Boyz II Men, then Hammer. That was also the tour where Boyz II Men recorded End of the Road on that run. Oh, when uh, when Quadri, their, their manager, got killed on right. that run. That was the tour, um, and they while they were on, away for a funeral, they recorded End of the Road. When they came back on the road, they started performing End of the Road at the end of their show. Right. And you could see the change, though. The game changed. Like I could, you could literally, like this is Jodeci and Boyz II Men. This is really Jodeci and Boys to Men. Right. But that end of the road came, and it was like, yo, they, this is gonna be a problem. Because yeah. Jodeci was originally
1: slated, from what I understand, from mm-hmm. Uptown mm-hmm. to be the anti Boys to Men. Right.
0: It just kind of worked out like that. But yeah, kind of, they, they were the because bad boys, rock and Misa, roll.
1: Misa Hilton.
0: Dressed them in the looks. Dressing good. them, mm-hmm. you
1: know, they was under pots too. Big hands was time. dressing
0: boys the men. Right. But boys the men was getting there, they was wearing gap outfits every right. day. Alexander Vanderpool look Yeah, look, they, they it. had that whole look. You know, Jodice leathered out, Tim's high-techs. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the high-techs. <laughs> remember which was, the high-tech joints? Which is crazy. And 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 but it was it wasn't an act. That was really the personalities. Like right. but Boys to Men went back to the hotel, went to sleep, did mind their business. Devontae would announce our hotel every night are you kidding on the me? stage. We'd have 3,000 women in our hotel every night.
1: Bro, what what's, <laughs> what's, what's, what's what's the uh what's the pussy count like on the tour like that, bro? When you got Joe the scene, mm-hmm. boys the men, yep. and hammer. Now we know yes. what hammer and them doing. They in their room, that's it for them for the
0: night. Y'all are wildin'. Every night, waller. Every night, every hotel wilding. 22, 23. Oh my God! <laughs> y'all got any
1: kids out there, y'all?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody. We all like. We should all have somebody over twenty-five. By
1: the way. Yeah. Y'all got any twenty-five-year-olds running right here that Man. you're not sure you might end up on the on the, on the, uh, the court <laughs> shit. With the
0: luckily, nah. But wow. Yeah, it was. It was like going. real talk going from an HBCU, which is already its own experience of you growing right. up, um, then going on the road with Jodeci. It's like, oh, this is the next level. This, like, this is, and, and, and like I said, because you're young, you don't know anything. You just doing, you just just going city to city, right? Every city, LA, the big cities, extra crazy. Two shows, we, right? We you City, three, four nights. Y'all just wilding. So after your time with Jodeci,
1: what, what was your next move?
0: Um, so while I was with Jodeci, Casey and Mary were dating. Okay, because you know oh, we were all oh, uptown, oh. it was the whole.
1: <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> those yeah. Remember those
0: days, boy? I think what everybody in New York remember them days. What the
1: fuck fuck that was? <laughs> Dumpster fire, that whole relationship. Uh,
0: man, that that was um interesting. in ninety what? Ninety
1: three. Like okay, here he go here go mm-hmm. a little thing you probably didn't know. Mm-hmm. In the movie Who's the Man, mm-hmm. Amazing Grace was supposed to be sang by Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. She didn't show up. Okay a whole day over <laughs> a
0: shoot
1: waiting right. on Mary. That's the same time she was fucking with crazy ass it's KC. Let's yeah.
0: move on. Um, the, we went to go see, so I'm, I'm K's bodyguard, but I'm always with him and Mary. What's Love Got to Do when it comes out? Okay. I'd go with them to the movies. Matter of fact, the, the, remember the old theater over Richfield 9 over there? Like yeah, absolutely. What, yeah, because we was all over New there. New Jersey. You know, Fort Lee, yeah, we was all over there. Right, Fort Lee, New Jersey. Y'all. Yeah, Fort Lee, New Jersey, and around there. So I'm watching What's Love Got to Do It. I'm sitting behind them. They're watching the movie. And I'm watching, and I'm seeing the similarities. <laughs> I'm, sitting there, I'm sitting there watching <laughs> like... This is y'all. Like, y'all, y'all don't that. see the... Okay, never mind. So um, Mary goes on the road with Bobby Brown. Okay. Um, and Mary... They need some security, so she just came. Was like, Yo, they take blue out. So I ended up going out with Mary. Um, that was an interesting tour because Who
1: headlined in that tour?
0: That's Bobby. 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 This Mary is my prerogative, Bobby. Yeah, 93. Yeah, yeah, that whole My Prerogative run. Oh my so. god, so he's a god. Mary oh, yeah, guy. he's oh, he's Bobby's on Toronto, and Whitney's out there with him. Oh, Lord. Yeah, every night. They're coming out. We got something in common. They're hitting it. They're killing it. <laughs> they out there. They're hitting it when every night. Winnie's coming
1: out. Winnie's
0: coming out. She's on the whole tour. So they're, out, they're having a good old time out there. Um, you know, K had come out and rock the Jug of Mary. It was it a was nice right. little joint. Long story short, it was a disagreement. <laughs> like, I learned I learned the value of pillow talk on that. On that. Road. Really? Yes. sorry uh, Um. You know, I was young, and so I'm trying, sometimes things would come up, and I try and give Mary some advice, like, yo, we got to do this. You got your career, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to. Right. And, like, I guess, I guess she felt like I was, like, trying to talk against Kay, So she told Kay, And then, like, Kay got mad, and it just caused the whole split. And so easy come, easy go. I'm, boom, Mary fires me. Really? Yeah. I, was, I got fired. Who told her you was fired? I um, uh, was my man, um... The tour manager, my man Bobby. Bobby told me,
1: "Yep, Bobby." Not little Bobby that used to little be little Bobby that's still out. Yeah, little
0: Bobby was the tour manager for Criss Cross when I yes, was on tour with Criss Cross. Yeah, same Bobby. I know yes. Bobby. Bobby's OG. Bobby's been doing this thing yes. for a long time. Yes, and Bobby sir. was like Bobby's Sick. He called me in his room. He's like, you know, Blue, um, he was like, so I got a ticket for you to head back, and it was in Indianapolis. I remember. I'll never forget the city that we just. It was just like boom. And um, that was it. And I thought my career was done. I thought I, like I thought I well, that was the best year and a half of my life. Like right, I had to kick it. I guess I'll go back to school. Um, and like a week afterwards, like like not long after, maybe a little longer in the week. Coco from SWV called me. Um, and so, shout
1: out to SWV. What's up, ladies? Shout out to the ladies. You ain't going down that road. Hi, honey. <laughs> Love you. All right, let's keep going. Oh, <laughs> you know. Oh yes. All right, and let's so, go. Coco Coco and SWV, SWV,
0: we had met while we were on Toad Hammer. Okay. They were in Sacramento working with my man Brian Morgan on their album. Yes. We met them, got cool. Coco and them from the Bronx, so the whole line. So when it was time for them to go out, so by now they had dropped their single and they were trying to go on the road and they were putting their team together. So Coco invited me out with them. Okay. So I went out with Coco and SWV. From SWV, I went out with Shy. I became Shy's road manager. From Shy, I just kept moving around. Like I kind of got really popular out there for being really good. That could road manage, bodyguard, whatever it was. And the money got good by the time. By the time I was finished up with Shy and them, I was probably thirty five hundred a week. Okay, to be out on the road with you and stuff like that. To right. Move. Um, and then I connected Shy with Shaquem. Me and Shaquem been know each other because I've done stuff and moved right. around with them. Um, Shaquem is, is Shaqim, Queen Latifah's manager, of flavor, flavor unit, unit, yes,
1: music and management, and is Queen Latifah's partner in all of their endeavors. Yes, and, and by, I know y'all motherfuckers know who Queen Latifah is. All right, continue.
0: Um, so Shaqim, um had basically offered me a job to come work at Flavor Unit, right? Um, and I, in the process while we were doing that, Sha was looking for new managers, so I connected him and so for bringing Sha in, Sha kind of gave me a job to work, and. That's kind of when I stopped being on the road in that sense and went from, you know, a road guy to a real manager. Okay. And that's what I, I started learning management from Shaquem, from Chris Lighty, from Leo Cohen. Like
1: who was that? Who was that flavor unit when you was there?
0: Naughty by Nature, Queen Latifah, Apache. Jeanne, Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, yes. Apache. Gangsta. Jeanne. Bitch. Um, shoot, that was like it was kind of that's where we were starting at, and then from there we just Shaquem and I grew that joint. Right. Like we just grew it really big. And so that was so that was my introduction to the management side and a great time to be learning management and to be it was like like have mentors and people that you can look to, like a shock Chris Lighty, rest in peace, Violator was, he had Tribe, he had Buster, he had Missy. So I'm I'm able to like learn from him. I'm going into Def Jam and Leo, a lot of people don't know Leo Cohen used to be president of Def Jam. Um shout out Leo, what up? Um he, He's Le'ar. He um he came from management. Yes, so, from Rush. Yes, so from Rush, Rush Associated. So Lior
1: and Russell, at one time, managed me and Dre. Too. Yeah.
0: I think Leo and Russell managed everybody. Yeah, every guy at one everybody. point. Yeah. I just found out they were managing or or, or yeah, they were managing um, Will Smith for me, too. And yeah, there. hell yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like so, I, I had some really good mentors that that really taught me management from a couple of different aspects.
1: Who were you put in charge with at first at uh, Flavor Unit?
0: The very first artist that I managed at Flavor Unit was an artist named Nonchalant.
1: I remember this Nonchalant. Five, five o'clock, o'clock in, in the, the morning. morning. What, what you, you going Yeah, outside. outside
0: on the corner. Yeah, from yeah, D.C. D-C. D-C. D-C.
1: Repping D-C. D.C. Wale is not the first one from D.C. No. Nonchalant was from Shout D.C. Shout out Nonchalant. Shout out to hub Big up um, to Got to get on the show. Nonchalant, if you see this, holla at me.
0: Nonchalant and then the food chickens Okay. And so, Before chat... No, it was as Shaq, and then after. Okay. So um, caught the tail end of the Shaq ride, which was an interesting ride because you know Shaq took everybody everywhere with him. And was,
1: yeah. Um, you know what was crazy about that whole thing? Mm-hmm. I just saw this. this Shaq got a documentary okay, on yeah. HBO, mm-hmm. and he said when he did Arsenio Hall the first time, he told Arsenio he wanted to rap with his favorite rap group, and it was the Niggas. He said he didn't even know the Niggas mm-hmm. at that time. Nah,
0: that's crazy. Cats didn't know he could do it. And, right. Yeah, that turned, that was a that was one of those experiences that you're like, what's happening? But I'm gonna ride around and just enjoy it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy the experience. Um and then the Foo Snickers, we had a good run. I got a chance to really kind of learn how to manage a group, move them around. We had a hit, we had a big record on the West Coast called Breakdown. That was really the flow will break you. Yeah, down, the flow will break you. Down. down.
1: That sounded yeah. like a West Coast joint. That's what Yeah, why. that it
0: was big on the West Coast. Um, shout out to Chip Pac Mock Fu. Um, Chip's still one of the coldest rappers. Absolutely. You know, by far, like still. Underrated. Very, very underrated. Underrated. Very underrated. Shout out
1: to them Snickin' niggas. Yeah, man. I the, the Foo BK
0: BK's the finest. Shnickings. Yeah. Um, so, from the Foo we started to grow Flavor Unit. And I went from manager to eventually president of Flavor Unit Management. Okay. And the next move changed my life. It kind of, I'd say that changed my life. And what uh, was that? So, like I know. They don't know. So, I'll tell y'all. Queen Latifah had met or ran into Dallas Austin. Dallas Austin gave him a demo for Monica Arnold. Queen Latifah fell in love with it, came back, told Shaquem and I to get down to Atlanta and get Monica for management. Um, So, we jump on a plane. We come down here. We meet Monica, her moms, the whole family, fantastic family, still loved them, Um, and we get Monica for management. Before we leave town... Shakim's like, yo, let's go by the face and, and, and say what's up to L.A. well, So I'm like, all right, cool. Some cute chicks on the face. Let's see what's up with the label. I'm like, right. yeah. I'm, we stayed at the West End. The is a bucket. It was like, kind of, sure, let's go across the street. Um, and he tells us about this group. He just dropped a record called Players Ball. Yes, sir. That um had just like fired the girl that was managing them. And he thought that Flavor Unit would be a good place for them for managing and we should meet with them. Um Group, this is
1: Outcast we're talking about.
0: That group y'all. was Outcast.
1: And if just for a little bit of history, just to give you all a little tiny bit of history, I want y'all to go back and listen to Players Ball. Players Ball was on a LaFace Christmas, Christmas compilation Christmas album. Mm-hmm. It is actually a Christmas, a Christmas record. record. Yeah. Listen to it. Okay.
0: Yeah. So we picked up.
1: Um, Had to drop a dime. Huh? Real quick. 90%. Oh, Dan oh,
0: Small. Big Dan Small. Off Smalls camera. Another
1: in. Bronx nigga. Always want to chime in about how he worked the record.
0: We're going to get you a BX. chair in a minute. There all you right, go.
1: go you're next on the couch, madam. <laughs> Cause you
0: got stories too. Um, so in one trip, came to Atlanta and got outcast and monica. Wow. One. So Alcast was on the flavor unit at first? Outcast was on the face, but for management, yeah. Well, on fl- yeah. the
1: flavor unit under management. Yeah. When they, when they dropped players ball.
0: No, no. When when we got them, um, the album just dropped. So they were with us until I left on my own. Okay. okay. And they left when I left. Why'd you leave? You know what, the same way Shaquem got me to come work for Flavor Unit was the same thing that eventually had me leave. Shaquem, when, when I was going from road to road, I thought I was make, I'm making good money. I'm thinking I'm, I'm good. What you talk about, Shaquem? I'm dollars right. a week. They got to pay me in cash for one. Right. He was like, yo, you're never going to get rich working for somebody else. Those are the words he said to me that kept ringing in my ear and, went and made me call him back and be like, yo, I can not work for you. Four or five years later, that reality was I was never going to get rich working for somebody else.
1: Working for Sean Latifa.
0: Yeah. So it was just, it was a growth thing. Okay. Yeah, it was Blessings. Shaw let me leave. Let me take Outkast. Um, I think Donnell came with me like a couple hours. Donnell Jones at the time. So when we were rocking, when Flavio was just like, we were on that, that groove, we had we had Faith, Monica, um, Donnell Jones, Next, Outkast, Naughty, um, Latifa. Shaw was doing LL, like, it was like the roster, it was big time. We was moving.
1: Yeah, y'all was moving, uh, had
0: moving. It? But historically, in, in music, hip-hop management, oh, the management game, you grow your management company, but then eventually your size becomes a detriment because artists start to be like, oh, I want more attention. I'm not getting what they want. It's just the nature of the game, right. historically. So um, we grew it really big, but then I also felt like it was time for me, like I said, to grow. So I broke yeah. out and started Family Tree Entertainment. Okay, and that's when my solo journey began. Come on, Yo, if you thought the McCrispie was busting, hold up.
1: Bacon and Ranch have entered the chat. Say hello to the Bacon Ranch McCrispie. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's limited time only. Cartier, Rolex, Gucci, Prada, Jordan, Adidas, Bottega Veneta. At eBay, it's real, or it's getting a fake out. eBay's team of luxury authenticators are making sure you never get faked over again. Watches inspected by watch aficionados. Sneakers checked by legit sneakerheads. Handbags examined by handbag connoisseurs. And jewelry in the scope of expert gemologists. These authenticators are leaders in their field with meticulous eyes for making sure your piece arrives as authentic as your style and worthy of your collection. As experts, they know the true difference between a real and a fake. Real carries that rare, distinguished feel, the weight of pure platinum, exquisite scent of Togo leather, the tight stitching on a pair of dunks, the brilliance of real diamonds. So rest assured, Your Rolex moves just like a Rolex should, and that colorway on your Jordan Royals will always be on point. The details inspected, the fakes rejected. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay's authenticity guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. Ed Lover here, and listen close, y'all. What exactly does it mean to be black and unlimited? It means being exactly who you are, To be unlimited in your potential, to be unlimited in your creativity, to be unlimited in your imagination, to be unlimited in your vision. Throughout the year, join my friends at Walmart in amplifying the voices of black brands and creators, giving them a stage to spotlight their unlimited brilliance. That's Black and Unlimited. Visit walmart.com slash blackandunlimited to learn more. Come on, son. And you took Outcast with you. Yeah. And
0: Donnell, Donnell Jones. Okay, it's Donnell. Tell for me. me
1: what was what is it about Outkast? What is it that makes those dudes so special?
0: So, I think what what the unique blend that Outkast brings is obviously Big Boy gives you the street edge. Dre gives you a different kind of um, you know edge to him that he brings on the skills. But they blended so well. They complemented each other that. It, and they they were both not scared to take chances. And when one took a chance, the other supported. When Dre started wearing, like, sore pants or doing stuff, right. Big Boy supported it. And the support allowed Dre to feel confident to keep pushing the boundaries. And so while Big Boy kept them tethered to the streets and to everything else, Dre created a space that allowed them as a group to expand. Most groups die because they're scared to expand. right. Most groups get stuck in. Damn, that album sound like the last album. Or they're, or they're scared to take chances. Outcast fans always allow them the breath to take chances and expand. That's what makes them different. That's why most groups barely get past the second or third album, and Outcast has seven. Because you, you, if you, if you make a, a a record like Rosa Parks, right, which doesn't sound like anything on the radio, no, no, album, no. banjos,
1: uh-huh. And, uh-huh.
0: yeah. You step into a the harmonica, and the solo harmonica right. and everything, and your video's different, and no one's seen it. And Dre's got straw pants on, right? It's looking different. You're not, if you accept it, then when the next album comes out and we drop a record like Elevators, right? Or something, or something, just anything that each record, the first single sounded different, and the fans never. There was never any backlash for it, so it allowed the guys to continue to grow. Was the shirts. was
1: the record company always that supportive, or did you have to go in there and fight for certain
0: No, shirts? no, 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 no. First of all, there was always a fight. The Face Records was an R and B label. First and foremost. <laughs> That's never get it twisted. Usher, um, like the, the, the Tony Braxton, TLC, TLC. Yeah. It's an R and B label first at its core. LA's an R and B dude. He's an R B goo. He's an R and B dude, yeah. Like you gotta respect that. But what LA was was he was receptive to listening and giving us shots. And shout out to Shanti Das and and Shoe Straight, what up? And sister? KP.
1: Yes. Um, all these people
0: you name is gonna be on this goddamn podcast. Sherry right? Ugly Like there were people in the label that fought to let us like LA wasn't the type of person that he understood he didn't know hip-hop. So a lot of times he gave us the, the rope to go and do. And luckily for us, it worked most of the time. And so we got more rope. And so my job was, yeah, to beat up his team, or my time was to beat up the Arista team because the face was signed Arista, right? or to beat up BMG overseas, just to make sure that we were getting our just due and our shot. And it was like always this competition because Def Jam was dropping, and we like oh, yeah. a couple of times we dropped the same week as Jay. And We like head-to-head head with Jay, dropping like... Right. So there was pride in doing putting out albums and, and doing them the right way. When you had to sell albums, you had to get on the road, you had to support. And the guys just really were always good at that. Their yin and yang stretched the parameters of what a hip hop group could do. And yeah. I think they had a chip on their shoulder after the Source Awards. Were you there? Yes.
1: The South got something to say. South got
0: something was, to say. I was right there he when he right, said it. Yep. And, and, um, that chip on their shoulder, that New York ain't giving us a shot. They don't respect us. I think that chip carried them the first few albums. Right. A lot. Like it was kind of a chip on our shoulder. Y'all going to respect us? What we got to say? I had a chip on my shoulder that was more along the lines of, I wanted my group to be as big as Naughty By Nature and Tribe Called Quest was. Okay. So together we kind of, it was kind of us against the world and we're not taking no for an answer type of feeling. Right. And that's kind of, to me, what I think made the the what we were able to do special is kind of we we opened up the door for a lot more Southern rap. But people they, like OutKast doesn't get enough credit, like the, the the grind that they had to do. Like a lot of people discovered OutKast on like Miss Jackson and stuff like that. Right, right. So people don't know the times where we were out in the mud, 69 boys, tag team, um, like out there with just doing shows with UGK. Like in... Memphis and and Alabama and all these places doing these little hole in the wall spots, building up the fan base and, and and dealing with these little raggedy promoters and all that type of stuff, um. So they earn their stripes on the road, the old fashioned way. They but did,
1: as a as a manager, right, you out there with outcasts as a manager, ain't your job to
0: go get the money. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was out <laughs> getting I was out that money like every night. But you know, you you yeah, you, hey, you remember you remember hip hop in the early nineties when we started coming yes. out. You got a show in. Tupelo, below Mississippi, dude picks you up in his car. And right, his boys. You remember oh, I those hate are the that. days. Oh, I hate that. You got picked up. They car They're still trying They're to, pick still up in try car. to pick me up in their car now. They are still trying to pick
1: me up in their car right now. When I'm doing the comedy, going out there with my cousin Talent, they still trying to. No, we'll come get you. No, 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 no. No. no, no. I'm not stopping by the barber shop. <laughs> yeah, I see? appreciate your mother cooking, Thank but you. I don't want to go to your mother's yes. house. No, I'm not doing all yes. that. they they still are, try to. Those are the
0: old days. You used to, yo, promoters used to pick you up when you got to a city. And this was their moment, so they would damn near parade you around the city. Absolutely, every, Stop barbershop, in the shop,
1: beauty salon, school.
0: This is, and yeah, didn't I, tell you nothing. I told the
1: principal you all was gonna come yeah. by here,
0: and all of the shit before you even check into your hotel. You can't even and get you to tired hotel, as a motherfucker. You tired. You get to the hotel, it's like yo, you gotta be ready an hour. What? Right. Why are we getting ready an hour? Sound check. Oh no, DJ man, just somebody's gonna do that. But you're out there on that road, and you out there grinding, and then you go and you get your money at night. Cash is giving it to you in in brown paper bags and no sequential order, and you like, now nah, I gotta count this. I gotta sit and count twenty five thousand dollars because you couldn't go to the bank and get me nice. Deeply. Right, you had to hit the trap. You man, have you ever had a
1: situation where you had
0: to
1: mm, my motherfucking money, man?
0: Um, yeah, we had. There's actually a cartoon that about a story that Big Boy told about he <laughs> having that. having to to fight for some money. <laughs> right. Um. I had, at one time, this promoter pulled me in a room with like him and, like, four guys and handed me the money. And I was like, all right, all right let me count it. You ain't got to count it. I was like, no, no, I need to count it. And so I sit down to count it. I go, hold up, make sure I count it. Well, I count it so we don't have any problems because it's that type of room. You know, hip hop. Right. I, just in case anybody thinks they faster than me, both hands are, are, are what we got to do. Right. Because that was hip-hop. That was what you did. You was out there. And, first of all, I'm going to take you back. Remember, we didn't always have these national bank chains. There was no ATMs. That's right. If I did five cities in a row, I was carrying a hundred and something thousand dollars around wow, with me. I forgot about that. You, where was you? You had to keep your money on you. Right. These little, from, these little a, um, road managers and them right now, they, you cash out from their money. Right. There ain't no danger. There ain't nobody they're, not,
1: there. they're not even seeing no okay. You ain't heard
0: about a rapper getting robbed on the road in like five years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you ain't nobody robbed. Right, because everybody had to, you had to carry that shit. Back in the day. You're right, because right when I was on tour with Criss Cross, when Bobby used to pay me every night, they used to pay me cash, then I had to sign off yes. for it. And you talking about me doing two, three, four weeks out there I'm getting five to ten grand every night. I had that money with me. Yes. There was nowhere. There was no other Bank of America. No, that's what I'm saying. There was no national. No, no, there there was, was you no national go.
0: chain. And right. Western Union wanted to charge you five, six hundred dollars to send right. a lot of money send home. Sent a lot of money. And the person trying to get it was like, you know what I'm saying? So right. You got a hundred thousand. Then you got the fans
1: you. looking at you if you
0: send anything more than ten stacks. Exactly. Wow. And now you got the shows. So you can't, like you, you got your money. You can't take your money to your show every No, you night. cannot. So now you got to trust the safe in the lock, the, the, the safe in your dressing room, like in your room. Those are the good old days. I, I admit, I loved them days, but it's a different time now.
1: Bro, what was that feeling to hear album of the year nominees and the winner is Outkast at the
0: Grammys? It was, um, it was a surreal moment because we had been nominated for album of the year before. for what for what album um stankonia okay was nominated for album of the year we lost to old oh Brother We out there the soundtracks that was the year that <laughs> I, read. I love that. like five or six yeah.
1: nominations I do love that movie that <laughs> yeah. come
0: on it, it, um come it, on, it was us it was like it was a it was a deep category and really what we all felt happened was we we split the vote and oh Brother We Out there" was a country western album right so the country block. Of voters voted for it. Yeah. And the rest of us kind of spread the votes out. So, we had been there before. Like we had been ready thinking we could win, hoping. So, when it actually happened, it was in the moment I was so busy trying to get LA Reid on the stage cuz he had left like left the label he uh-huh. was was running um Def Jam at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so we but we wanted to make sure he was there for this moment, so I had to get him up on stage, get the guys up on stage. I remember it as a working moment at the time. And then I remember after they won, everybody went back to seats, sitting backstage behind the curtain and kind of just taking a deep breath and like soaking it all in and trying to be present in the moment so I could always reach back and touch that moment if I ever needed to remember what it felt like. Because
1: that's the first and only rap group to have ever done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Album of the year, that, that's, that's big. That was Speaker Box, Love Below. Yeah. How did they decide to do that album? Um, the I mean, natural, they both were featured on songs that each other did on the album, but it barely. wasn't. Barely. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't a collective like body
0: of outcast um, work. You know, four albums of working together. You know, there's some stuff you want to get out musically. Right. So you start working on getting that stuff out. Um, we had a really kind of solid routine. Every two years, we drop albums. So by that point, you know, stuff starts to build up that you want to get out. There's some stuff you want to do. So you start working on the album, Dre's working in one studio, Big's working in another studio. Before you know it, you got they got a lot of music that they've both done, and no one's actually spent enough time together to have enough music to have an album of y'all together. And it's time for us to put a record out. So it was an accident? No, no, it wasn't an accident. It just was like Was it a conscious
1: effort to say, okay, this is yes, how we're we gonna do this album? You do your yes. thing, I'm gonna do mine. There was a decision. And that we're gonna was make like, it a double album. We're
0: gonna make it a double album because. They need to come together. This is smart. Like, it, it'll, it'll be good. Yeah, people can see both sides of you. It was like look, the entire team was on board. And it was like, yo, let's just do it. It's like we do unusual things anyway. Right. So it, the hardest part of that, I, this is definitely the hardest part of putting out a double album. You'll know this as people, you guys won't. But when you do a television appearance, an artist appears on a TV show, they usually have a set amount of time. Late Show, you got three minutes and 20 seconds. Jimmy Kimmel, you got 430, whatever that number is. Because part of putting the albums out together was Big dropped a single, Dre dropped a single.
1: Right. I Like the Way You Move. move.
0: Hey, and y'all. hey, y'all. Right. One of the only times in hip hop, I think I, I like to say it, I check and make sure I'm wrong, where as a rap group, we had the number one record in Hey, Y'all, and we passed, we, we flip flopped from Hey, y'all to I Like the Way You Move to number one. So we jumped ourselves right. and had number one and two wow. records out there. Um, so every time we had to do a TV performance, every time we had to do an awards show, every time we did something, I had to fight to get double the time. Because I had you had to do, I like the way you move, and you had to do Hey y'all, Yeah. But you had to give them the same time. I couldn't give Dre three minutes and Big Boy one. Right. It was, so, every show was a fight, and you know these shows, they, they got structured, they yeah, used Yeah, they to, structured. They structured. So, Saturday Night Live, we had to do two songs. Lauren Michaels was like, what? I'm like, we gotta do two songs. Like, so the biggest fight on that project was making sure that they both felt equal in the rollout and the presentation of their records. Right. And so those were a lot of tricky maneuvers.
1: First time you heard,
0: Hey Y'all, mm-hmm. what was your thoughts? I laughed. I was like, this would, it was... Like, with Dre, especially with the guys, you know, after Bombs Over Baghdad, you're like, you start thinking, like... <laughs> that was unusual. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, Very was, unusual you, you never know what that first listen is going to be when they're like, yo, we're ready for you to come hear it. So when he played it, I was kind of like, he did it again. I had no idea where to go with this. <laughs> like, I was listening right. to it like... Uh, but, I, right, let's go. Like, it was literally... Wow, he did it again! Like he once again, he they they then gave me a record that I have no idea. Nothing on the radio sounds like it. Not at all. Nothing like it's not. I I got it. It wasn't rapid. Exactly. He was singing. Yeah, and I had to figure out how to put it out and work with it. Um, luckily, you know, him and Brian Barber came up with a great idea for the yeah,
1: video. Yeah, The video, video fire. So yeah. the video
0: fire. Yeah. So you know that carried even the Grammys, even the Grammys for that uh, that year, we had to, they're not, like usually as an artist, you get to perform one song. Right. But they're nominated as a group and he has a song and he has a song. Right. So I had like eight meetings with the Grammys people and it was like, yo, you have to give them the time to perform. Right, equal time. And so that's how um, Big Boy ended up performing with Earth, Wind & Fire. Okay. on there, And Andre did his performance. But it's just, there were a lot of, of, of Fights though that that were necessary for that project to to breathe and really get it, and that's kind of when I look back that I'm proud of that we had I had the opportunity to fight for the guys' vision to be seen the way they wanted to be seen.
1: Right. Is it is it true that they're getting back together? I I was with
0: Big Boy the other day. I didn't hear nothing about it.
1: Okay, because somebody told me. Yeah, they get outcasts getting back together. You
0: know what? Here's the thing. They never broke up. <laughs> I told you all time. But my niggas just went to do a little Yeah, act? they just, yeah. you know, they never really broke up. They, they never just, say, fuck y'all. You yeah, never heard they that never between broke them. Up. They just kind of do stuff, and you know, and when the time. the time is right or the mood hits or whatever, poof, they'll be there. Yeah. But until then, you know, Big keeps dropping music for the fans. Keeps touring, doing his thing. You know, Dre's being Dre. <laughs> kind of let that live. Yeah. You know, it was it an was honor and a pleasure to have had the opportunity to help put the South on the map, to have a group that was so relevant in in hip-hop that, you know, they'll never be forgotten. Um, We're the only group to ever sell more records on each of our first four albums. Each time. Each time. Most artists, if you think about it, they have a big album, then there's a decline. Right. Or they have a little album, then they have a big one, then they go back down. Right. Each album... Outkast grew, and and that is the difference. That that's what I also take the most pride in. Like, it wasn't ever just staying in a place. Every album you brought on new fans, you introduced more people to them. The audience grew. They became bigger. I was shooting for U two next. If Dre kept wanting to do like we kept doing yeah. stuff, I felt like Outkast could have been U two. Oh wow, that was that was my next dream. At, at first, I wanted them to just be as big as Naughty and Tribe but then i wanted them to be the biggest rap band in the world and then i wanted them to be you too yeah i wanted to be the hip hop you too
1: because they've they've done they've they've done a lot of of everything from like you said they bombs over bag Baghdad, hey y'all uh, i like the way you move and then you turn around and they got a record with Ray on it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Scoot what it i on mean the bobby, yep. yeah screwed on the bobby so mm-hmm. people like damn y'all fuck with ray Quan? like you know they're not that weird after all you know what i mean So it was crazy and you also as a manager, you, you was with CeeLo for a while.
0: Yes. I had the, I had the pleasure of managing CeeLo during um, the Fuck You run. Mm. And so Lowe calls me and says he got a record. Label don't seem to get it. <laughs> like, nobody kind of seems to get it. He, he, he knew what I was able to do with records that the Label didn't get with OutKast. So we, we started what was amazing, like, two, three-year run of Fuck You dropping, um, hosting Saturday Night Live, being on The Voice, just kind of doing Vegas residency. It was kind of a great kind of run for him. And he, he turned from this super talented guy that I knew from seeing him in Goody Mob and seeing him in Norris Barkley into a pop star. Right. And it changed. You could see the t- being on The Voice, that was when The Voice started, so you had that energy. But Fuck You was such a big record. The Vegas show, everything, you watched him go and, and become this real pop star that's going to be able to perform forever. He's a showman.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that the next move for hip hop? Vegas residencies. Yes. We see Anita Baker, we see Usher doing it big. You and I had talked about doing think something sure. as yeah. far as your own TV Raps so was like what, five, six years ago?
0: Nah, I mean, think about it. That was probably like eight, nine years ago that we wow. talked about doing it. It I think that there's so much hip hip-hop as a historic, like the history of hip-hop. A lot of times we don't know how to. Put the show together to celebrate us the right way, to give the DJ the credit, to give the the graffiti credit, the the everything, the culture, and I think yeah, the next the next thing gonna end up being a um like Vegas type of thing. Me and Chris Lighty, at at one point we were working no, on putting it, together. So rest
1: in peace, Chris Lighty. Yes, sir. Chris My Lighty was, was a crime. violator. Manager, Bust Arounds, Missy Elliott, LL Cool J, mm-hmm. many, many, many artists. And 50 also cent, yep. 50 Cent and also my next door neighbor for a long time. Yes, he was. At West Arms, New Jersey. Shout out to
0: West Arms. <laughs> um we talked about doing a, a hip-hop Cirque du sole. Oh word. Yeah, we thought like, that's what I loved about Chris, like, was Chris never thought hip-hop had a ceiling. Right. He never thought there was like, so it wasn't anything that, if you had an idea that, that fit. There was no, like, nah, that's, we can't do that. Like, there's no. And so we were like, yo, this is what it would look like. We put the show together and knew what it was going to be. <laughs> and in our arrogance. So this is a time when, you know, as managers, Chris, me, Shaquem, Dame, like, we're walking into the places like, y'all know who we are, what the deal is. It's a good question. You know you want to be in business with us. Like, we, that's how we're moving. We went up to um, Montreal and met with the guys that do Cirque, uh, French guys, Older Jack Cats. First of all, these guys are looking at us like, who the hell are these monkeys? Yeah, fuck out of here. Yeah, they see if play, monkeys. though. See play on that shit. <laughs> so we hit the whole joint, like, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be this. We got these people involved. World tour. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> this dude, this first dude looked at us like, what? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Circle Soleil belongs to SBCA. Yo. you will never bring him up into Circle Soleil. Man, I,
0: it was it was almost it was comical the dismissal of him. And, Just and, like fuck out of it. And I swore that we're gonna do one. We're, they're not the only company that can do it. Me and Chris swore. He passed. I told his daughter when she passed, we're still gonna do one because that man literally looked at us like, "What are y'all talking about?" And we were like, "You know who we are." We don't need you for this. We came because we thought it was going to be right. easy. We can do this for the universe so second. Yeah. We <laughs> <universe> can <laughs> do it our way. We so. do it our way. We don't need you. Yeah, it was um, a, a definite entertaining trip.
1: <laughs> Somebody asked me every day, or probably at least once or twice, maybe four times a week, my top five rappers of all time. And mm-hmm. I tell them it's an impossible thing to do. <sighs> this is barbershop talk. This is always somewhere, no matter where I go. Hey, I know you got a top five. <laughs> I ain't got a top five, but we don't have to talk about the top five best rappers. Give me four of the most. You ain't got to give it in order. Four of the most underrated rappers in your in your opinion.
0: Uh definitely Chip Fu. Okay, I'm throw Chip in there. Um, damn, underrated changes up a little. I'm saying Coogee rap rappers underrated. Coochie Rap is definitely underrated, but by New Yorkers, is he? See, that's a really, it's really, I think Coochie Rap was just in an era where everything was so New York yeah. that in New York we appreciated him, but as the game grew, he didn't get his He didn't get for the it. right. He didn't get it the was too, for too
1: early in the game? Yeah,
0: I think he was still okay. in the game for it. But, um, Black, Black Thought is definitely underrated, but I, real hip hop heads definitely put Black Thought in there. You know who's underrated to me? Who? Cool. Slick Rake. Is underrated. That's a fucking, l- Bruh. Right here, bro.
1: and I, Yes, absolutely. Rick
0: is completely underrated. I
1: would tell people why Rick is underrated. Mm-hmm. You have to think about this. Slick Rick still works all the time mm-hmm. and basically is working off one album <laughs> and two songs. Yes. Because he don't even do the shit he did, the art of storytelling with no, Outcast. No, he only no. performed that. No. He performed shit off The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Yes, Right? Yep. And Lottie Dottie. And Lottie Dottie. in the show. In the show. That's it. Yes, and he's been doing this shit for how long? It's still one of the greatest albums ever put out, easily by an artist. Yes, yeah, yeah. Slick Rick is definitely Slick underrated. Slick Rick is
0: completely underrated, completely. Um, yeah, I, I underrated. Don't think it's, um, I think if people in Texas will, will will agree with, but Scarface is underrated. Definitely, Face is definitely underrated. He's on a lot of people's top top five. Yeah, he should that. be. He he he. Yeah, in in Face is dope and underrated. Um, for. His introduction to so many, like, phrases and styles and everything, E-40. Definitely. 40 reason. Yeah. 40 lingo. Water. Yes, the lingo, from the lingo to the wine. Yeah, Earl. You're, gonna, you're like, Earl is definitely underrated. Yeah, Earl is definitely he, he does underrated. does not get his, 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 his just do all the time. You know how I say it was
1: underrated, too? And I think it's because Dre became such a big producer mm. and Ice Cube became such a big solo artist. MC Ren, MC Wren was part of one of the best one-two punches. punches yes, I, I
0: would definitely say in Ren. the
1: early first NWA Straight Outta Compton album, Ren coming off behind Ice Cube, or Ice Cube coming behind Ren, amazing.
0: I, Ren is Some under of Ren. them is like, yeah, but I forgot he was putting out albums, but then everybody was so regional, so he was only getting. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, but Ren was putting out some projects. Yeah, those would be my like four. Underrated,
1: Yaseen Bay, aka Mo's deaf. I don't know if he's underrated. He ain't underrated by heads, but yeah. by
0: the general public. Yeah, maybe by the general. Uh, yeah, uh, he's one of those critically acclaimed cats, though. That's what I don't know when I think when I think underrated, I be thinking like Supernat or somebody like that. Oh, <laughs> oh Supernat, <your> <laughs> <saying>. Well, Supernat <laughs> is one of the
1: best freestylers. Yeah, I've that's ever. Like
0: somebody like underrated. I will say, if like he's not underrated, but I don't think he gets put into top ten enough. If not five, but should be top three, if not two, performers is Buster. Absolutely. I don't I don't think Buster oh gets enough. Oh my god. Oh my god. He but, doesn't get enough.
1: But then, you know what killed me? Buster is so good at fucking being Buster. <laughs> that there is no other Buster. And I was crying when they started talking about the verses mm-hmm. against Buster. Buster was like, nobody, nobody wants it. And the shit that killed me about it was nobody said anything. Everybody was like, uh,
0: yeah, he's kind of I said nobody right. wants and I, I still say it. nobody wants it without said versus.
1: Yeah, you yeah, that's that's you know why? Because when you're
0: talking about about verses,
1: I remember you and I having this conversation. I was sat there and I started thinking. And I was like, hold on. Because versus is everything you've touched. It's not just your albums. And if you're talking about 20 songs between Big Boy and Dre, that's a lot of shit.
0: The solo verses, I, I got
1: exactly um, like you. You, you forget I'm, some of the shit that Dre
0: was on, or some you of the shit them, Big Boy was on. Yeah, you forget them John Legend verse. You exactly, forget the Beyonce verse. Yes, you the um the White Tee remix right. verses. You, forget, you I, forget. I walk it
1: out like a Usher.
0: Yeah. If you say it real talk, I probably won't trust That's
1: it. That. Like a lot of people forget that that cat. And I give Dre a lot of credit because Andre three thousand is kind of like Jay-Z in his own right that if you hear they on something, you automatically you sit You in, yeah. Right? You want to yeah. hear it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how long they've dropped a single, how long that you've heard something. You'd be like, yo, you heard Drake? Uh, Jay is on that new Drake record. You'd be like, where's it at? Like, you want to hear this when
0: shit. With Dre,
1: Drake, I, and I stand by the same way.
0: a three thousand, three thousand verse on the, the Kanye record, the Donda record.
1: Yes. It was the best verse of that year. yeah. Fire, that
0: shit was fire. So there was, I said, yo, this it gonna pop up, three year break, and then just drop the most fire verse in the year. <laughs> <laughs> and then right over into the sunset, and be like, all right, I just want to remind yeah, y'all. I'm cool, I'm yeah, cool. I to remind y'all. <laughs> want to remind y'all who the fuck yeah, I am. Yeah, let drop this on there. The verse was crazy. Yeah. It was like, and, and honestly, he don't even like rapping no more. He don't? No, he ain't really, that's the thing. He feels like he's growing and stuff like that. It's just, it's like having such a natural gift that everybody wants you to do, but you don't want to do no more, right? But that that verse proves it ain't like there's no fall off. Like I tell people, look when you look at artists. So you said, Wren, could Wren drop a record right now that would be relevant? Is there any way that MC Wren could drop a record? It would have with, to
1: be an incredible record. But and this is no shade to Ren. no, but whatsoever.
0: The styles difference, things, and, right. and some people have to be stuck in their period of time. Three, big, J. You talking about Nas, you're talking about Nas. three decades of cats still right. dropping records and being relevant enough for people to still like lean in and see. Nas is dropping records now, like professionally, and he like. I'm his on King fans. Disease
1: too, too, on uh Death Row East. That's my voice on the end of that record. See? Shout out to Nas for that. <laughs> Shout out to Dan Tanner for making that deal happen. Thank you, Nas. Appreciate it.
0: He's dropping records. And he's putting like out he's quality 19. work. Yes, and he's putting out quality work.
1: And because, so do you think rappers, a uh, 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 rap artists should stop ever?
0: I think you stop when you feel the game has passed you, and it starts to feel like you're trying. That's the difference to me. I don't think it should feel like when when James. But we live in a different
1: era right now, Blue. Where you ain't gotta write your shit, and don't nobody give a fuck no more.
0: Yeah, but when you, when you say stop, I think the difference is still when you when you. Say you're over 35 in the rap, or 40 over rapper. Right. What are you dropping? You're dropping your music for a different reason than these kids dropping your music. Meaning, if you're 40 and up, you know who your audience is. You should be dropping the music for your audience. And if you get some of these kids, fantastic. That's what I'm talking about. Should they ever stop? I don't think you stop if you still, if you feel you still got something to say, and you and and you can still find the right formula to to at least make your fans still come see you. No. I don't think you have to stop. I do think if you go in and you let somebody convince you that you should be doing twenty-two year old stuff, right? I, I think yeah, you probably should. You should be doing drill or trap or some shit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that should have stopped. What
1: is the divide between today's hip hop and our generation? Why is there such a
0: great divide? Um, so I have a theory uh, that I, I have. I, I, the the dividing line is Lil Wayne. Right. He, like, is, the, he's he the is the godfather, yes. of, so this new he's the godfather he's of this whole He's the godfather of this generation. Just, uh, yeah. And he, but, he, but he's enough of a skilled rapper and lyricist and everything that he still fits into our era. Right. So we respect him. But he's the dividing line because after him, you got this generation of crack babies. And it changes the landscape of the entire game because we can't sell all the drugs and all the shit that we supposedly all did in the 80s and 90s have a generation of babies born that end up coming out in the 2000s, those are going to be crack babies. So when we look at them as an older generation, we look at them like, yo, these kids are weird, goofy. But these are the result of our work. Right. So, and we because made them goofy. We made them like this. We gave them the and we, and, and we gave them the blueprint of, of, of Flash and all this other shit. Yeah, like, yeah, we we, we did, did this. So they grew up watching... Our floss. Yeah,
1: we watched Puffy and, 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 and Big driving back with All in the of us, yeah, we we we
0: mountaintop. We spent a decade just yo, this is our life. Look at us, look at this, beat shit. us on the chest and all that. Right. So they grew up yachts and all that. We did that. So they grew up trying to reach those things that we wanted to, but mentally, the approach is different because our wanted to be better than Doss Effects. They wanted to be better. Um Jay wanted to be better than Big Daddy Kane. Um Tretching them, wanted to be rocking Like with our generation, when we got into hip hop, when you got in the game, you wanted to be better than who was at the top.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That That's was what, that you was got what into it was. Before. You got
0: into it to be better. That's what hip hop was. It was battling in the park because you were the new kid and you wanted to be at the top.
1: And you had to pay so your dues. So you had to
0: pay your dues. Hip hop was always about trying to be the best. Somewhere in that era where the switch happened, we went from trying to be the best to reaching for the lowest common denominator. We started to be like, oh, P ain't really saying nothing when he rhymes, uh, and all this other stuff. So we didn't, like, from New York, we were like, we're not respecting that. We're not, we don't know what that is. That, that's the work. Right. But we didn't understand that P was, was the guiding light for a lot of Southern cats down here The cash money. He was them. talking to him. his people. He wasn't
1: trying to be New York. He wasn't that trying was to like be New UGK-ing York. like UGK and I'm like, you might say, like some people say that, uh, Pimp C, right? Mm-hmm. Pimp never said no shit, you know. Like Biggie would say some kind of silly metaphor to make you go, you know, you know, oh shit. You speak my name, I make you dash like Dame. I love the dough. And people were like, oh, well, Pimp C was a simplistic A B C rhymer, but he spoke, he spoke to truth. his people. Yes. yes, and that's what hip hop did. That's what, what New York did. Somebody got the light bulb at some point and said, fuck New York. I'm a rap. But I'm a rap
0: for my fucking people. But they took the. It, it the, I mean the reality was it stopped being hip hop, it stopped being just New York's thing, it went out west, it became the West Coast thing, then it went down south. But as it transitioned down to the south, the lyricability, ability, the lyricalness of it kind of left some of it. Well, not without
1: cat, shit.
0: No, no, no. I'm just saying overall, I'm not saying the this whole is after family. No, I'm saying, but I'm saying after. Like so, like you're saying, if you start with Wayne after. After Wayne. Yeah, so now. Lyrics aren't important. Now we're just doing bounce music. We have like a good time. Like Bible AF
1: after <laughs> we, Wayne. We <after> wild. <laughs> yeah, after After Wayne.
0: After A-W. Right. I think that the, the game shifted and the generation of people stopped wanting to be the best and they were happy to just be as good as that person is. Right. It stopped trying. I don't have to be as dope as Eminem and such and such. I could be as average as this person is because he seems to be working. So... You the laffy taffy records. Oh, that's when all that came. You see know what I'm saying? Like right. It was just kind of became how simplistic can we get? Not complicated wordplay. How simplistic can we get? And and, and the game started changing. And then the internet came. And everybody got a everybody shot. Everybody got a shot. Everybody. And there's no gatekeepers. And so Everybody just throws the out what they make. gatekeepers got wealthy. <laughs> the, gatekeepers. the gatekeepers
1: got generational wealth and said, yeah, I'm not
0: Yeah, y'all it. can do this. Y'all, y'all, y'all can, can have all it. that.
1: Y'all can have it.
0: Yeah, and stopped looking, took their hands off the wheel, and because so much money was coming from hip-hop, because of the work and the the, the, the deals that we opened up the doors in the 90s and early 2000s, these kids kind of slid through and got big, big checks Right. On 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 simple stuff. And... Again, people stop trying to be the best. But not just in hip-hop. Realistically, in America. If (laughs) you draw the line at the Kardashians, and then everything after the Kardashians is no longer us trying to achieve and be the best. Everyone just wants to be famous, whether they have talent or not. And the internet is allowing people to do it. And Uh, then you drop in all these TV shows, American Idol, X Factor, all these. So now kids are growing up thinking you can be famous in eight weeks. Right. So now nobody understands the grind and all the work that needs to be done. I just want it. So instant gratification. So it stopped being about telling stories and really telling It became, I'm going to say that what I'm saying is telling the story, but really I'm just on there cursing and mumbling and just throwing a bunch of stuff together. And now you reach a point where in 2023, everything's a vibe.
1: Yeah, you're right. I had to learn that the hard way. That (laughs) hip-hop... is now a vibe. Blue, will you come back and do the show again, man? Yes, sir. Whenever, you Because you can talk forever. Yeah, and it's you know, the we can 50th do- anniversary <laughs> yes, of hip-hop and I got so much shit with you that I did not cover. Well, I will absolutely be doing a part two with Blue. That's my... That's it for me for this time for this episode. Come on, son, the podcast. Y'all make sure y'all check it out. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about you the next time. All right, this is come on, son, the podcast. Now get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Come on, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover.
0: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.